Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to Gems. Uh, let's jam at Gem for hype of AR and VR. Thank you for coming. I, I didn't expect a, such a big crowd today, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite happy to see you, all of you, very interested uh, in this topic. Um, we are, well, before we start, let me just understand the audience because it'll help us sort of put, ah, Alex is here, finally. So we should get Alex right in front. Alex, come on over, Alex. You got a place for you right here. Okay, so before I, I introduce you to the panel today, um, um, let me just, uh, okay, maybe I should introduce myself. It's, if you guys don't know me, I'm Hasno Hadi. I am um, a vice president at the Malaysia Digital Economy Corporation. Uh, is, I am actually head of the Creative Content and Technologies Division in MDEC. Do you guys know MDEC? Okay, great. You love MDEC? Oh, thank you. We need, we need that love right now. You know, after hearing all this uh, crazy news about other different agencies out there. So uh, I, I hope that we, we bring value to you and, and hopefully Jem also does uh, the same thing. Anyways, before I start, let me just understand and, and for, for the benefit of the panel itself, um, the sort of the makeup of the group here. So um, could you just raise your hands? How many of you are actually owners of businesses? Okay, great. And within those businesses, those are actually looking into the areas of AR. Okay. Areas of VR. Mm. Anybody doing animation? Ah, great. Doing games? All right. Nice, nice, good group. So this group knows, knows their shit lah, in a sense, right? <laughs> Uh, for lack of a better word, right? Um, so you, you're going to ask some really hard questions when, when we get done. And those who are here just for the food. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Well, you know, just, just be sure. I think Jem made sure it's real food, not virtual food. All right? So, okay. Anyways, let me now introduce you to the panel that we have today. And um, I'll probably give them a, um, some time to introduce themselves but, um, and, um, because they have their own mics. And I think it's better that it's all being recorded, right, uh, for, for show later. So you'll probably be able to listen to this again if you want to hear, again, our great voices and our great stories on EFM. So um, uh, have you guys heard of EFM yet? No, okay, so we, we do have a Facebook, EFM. EFM is the Entrepreneur's um, you know, FM radio, so check it out, yeah? Okay, so on my uh, closest to me, um, the thorn among the roses <laughs> is Datin Shreen from VR Lab. So Datin Shreen, maybe you want to introduce yourself and what, what you guys do in VR Lab. Hi, everyone. I'm Datin Shreen here from VR Lab. Um, also known as the VR Queen in Malaysia. Wow. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so basically is that the VR lab, we have two divisions. One is a B2C, which is um, the virtual reality experience center in your neighborhood. We have uh, nine outlets throughout the whole Malaysia, awarded by Malaysia Book of Record as the largest VR chain. And besides that, we have a new solution, which is a business solution, which is called VProp, uh, an international property sales platform using virtual reality solutions. 
So we are bringing property buyers more convenience to buy property anywhere in the world. So it helps buyer and seller both at the same time. Uh, he, I'm, I'm sure she'll be talking more about that later. But um, just before I go on to the next <laughs> panelist, uh, where is your closest VR lab to this place? Um, this one nearest would be, okay, I'll say Publica maybe. Publica. So guys, after this, Publica, we all go, huh? VR lab. Okay. All right. Next to, next to Dr. Shreen is um, Mr. Heaven Liu. And Heaven comes from XR VR. Are you still using that? Yeah, XRVR, right? Yeah, v XRVR. Yeah. yeah, because I know him from many guises. I know so him many. from MediaSoft, <laughs> XRVR, Hefson Group. A lot. Lah. I just want to know which branding he's using right now. So I think it's the XVR, XRVR. Yeah, easier to recognize. I, recognize <laughs> I have that T-shirt too. I, yeah, 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 I, I cannot wear one of your T-shirts. Nanti you're all jealous. Nanti. Okay, Havin. All right, so um, my name is Havin. I come from Hafsun Group Berhad. So Hafsun, under Hafsun, which is the holding of the MediaSoft Entertainment. So last night we produced PC, mobile, and PS4 games. And then uh, now this one is a product. XR is our product. So it come from uh, uh, designed by the um, DJM to the Jaya Media. So DJM is our VR division. So everything we develop into the VR, including the software technology, it all come from DJM. So uh, currently, the DJM produced a VR uh, series. We have already uh, five contents and licensed it to five countries currently, including KL. The nearest one will be the Reef in Mebeli. So the Reef also part of our company, right? So then uh, we also license the content to Taipei HTC Wiveland, uh, Hiroshima Capcom, and then next will be Indonesia and Singapore. Uh, so many places, man. So again, after you go to VR Lab, we go to the Reef, yeah. All right. Okay. Next, to, so I've, this is the first, day, first time I've met with Hilman. So I, I'm, I'm also very keen to learn what Hilman and his group in Wariscan is doing. So Hilman, why don't you introduce yourself and, and let us know what Wariscan does. All right, uh, my name is Hilman. I'm the founder of uh, Wariscan, uh, along with a couple of friends. Um, Wariscan was established in 2015. Uh, the first time we started is because we want to actually uh, try to make museums these old boring museums becoming sexier again. Uh, so we come across different technologies, uh, AR and VR to name, to name a few. So we want to implement this kind of technologies into museum. Um, and then, but we saw that uh, there's a lacking in awareness. So we are also doing training. We are doing augmented reality training, AR content development training as well. So that. Cool. And do you have any facilities that are open for us to check out? Uh, at the moment, no. We are actually doing it uh, with collaboration with MCMC. And, MCMC. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So, All right. So we'll see that coming out soon from Wariscan. Last but not least, uh, our uh, hero from uh, Streamline Studios, Streamline Media Group, who's a bit late, so he's going to have to explain why he's late. Uh, yeah. But here's Alexander Fernandez. Hi, everyone. I'm sorry I was late. Uh, it was traffic between me and Bunksar South, so I should have left earlier. Uh, miscalculation. Uh, thanks for waiting. Um, basically, uh, Streamline Media Group uh, is the parent company of Streamline Studios, which is a video game developer. Uh, we make a bunch of stuff, like from Street Fighter V to a VR game we did with uh, Square Enix called Monster of the Deep. Uh, we do a lot of stuff across platforms, but mainly we're here looking at VR and AR and seeing how that can be utilized in gaming applications and as well as non-gaming applications. So really excited about the promise of what's happening and of course all the talent that's here in Malaysia. 
So they, they're probably the only um, uh, international company in this whole group right now. I mean, from uh, the, these what? guys are all international. <laughs> I don't know if I come from here. But he's not from here. <laughs> you know. But, you know, the great thing is that, you know, he, they, they were a great example because uh, uh, we actually showcased uh, Monsters of the Deep. Uh, did you, do you guys know Monsters of the Deep? Final Fantasy Monsters of the Deep? So VR game, Square Enix, uh, designed by Juan Hasmer from Square Enix. They did uh, a lot of the art assets. And we, we actually showcased it to the Prime Minister at that time. And, and, and it was pretty cool, actually, getting it to the hands of, uh, of, of, of the people that, 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 that make decisions. But again, we are Malaysia Baru now. So hopefully, we can get do the same thing, right? Maybe this is where you guys can come in and create more new content so that we can encourage the Malaysia Baru to come, up, come forth. All right. So. I'm going to ask, you know, you know the, the title of the, the, this is a hype of AR and VR. So there's this big hype. Do you think it's a hype? Do you guys agree it's a hype? Well, maybe before I ask you guys, I should ask our panel here, right? So, this, so guys, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm a very big proponent of VR, um, but, you know, um, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how much attention or resources I should put in into making sure that we are pr uh, producers of VR content or AR content from Malaysia. Now, I could just um, be easy and be comfortable helping the animation companies, right? Yeah, that's easy for me to do. Or maybe just the games companies. But this is a new, era, new area, new uh, sector. Um, how much resources should I put in? So maybe these guys will tell me, or maybe later even on, you guys from your side inform me how much resources MDEC should put in into making sure that this um, sector is a growth sector. So maybe, um, Datin Shireen, you know, and, and to all of you, right, um, AR and VR has been, you know, sort of the biggest hype for the past maybe two or three years, right? Um, I think it's the, the, the numbers are like 120 billion uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the market size, you know, where 90 billion is AR alone, 30 billion is within VR alone. I mean, that's a big number, right? This is 130 billion US dollars. But at the same time, you could see the cracks happening already, right? You could see that it's not moving as fast as we expect it to be. Um, but at the same time, we do see new products coming into the market. So maybe you can sort of give your point of view, maybe from the VR Lab's point of view, maybe talk about VR Lab and where you think opportunities are within this. I mean, in your, in your opinion, is this really happening? Is the, is the hype or, or, of AR VR going away? Okay. Um, based on my personal opinion that um, a lot of people kind of say that um, VR, AR, is it a hype? Is it a transitional technology? All right. So to me is that I strongly believe that uh, VR and AR is a technology going to stay. Okay. Because of a few reasons. Basically, first of all, is that um, according to IDC market research, about 13 million revenue from last year and is expected to have forecast of tenfold of the revenue by year 2020. So you can see the amount of revenue is going to exponential within these few years. It's about the maturity of the market at the end of the day. So besides that is that not just that, let's say for example, there's lots of accelerator is popping up, focusing just for VR and AR industry. Not just accelerators, co-working space which specializing in AR and VR in um, US as well. 
So with all these statistics and facts, as well as you see a lot of advertisement in the market right now, you see like everyone advertised, they start to have like a VR headset on it. Okay, that looks cool, all right. So it's not about just the cool, it's about the market perception is that, hey, now it's about time to be mature, that people can understand what is VR, so it's gonna be a big bang in these few years. Probably early or the few years, probably people say like, hey, it's just a hype because it's not picked up yet. But I think the main reason is all about the devices and the market awareness. So in, in your opinion, where would you see that turning point? Which year do you think you'll see that turning point where you know, people will accept VR as something that's mainstream? That's a very, very good question. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a question. I don't expect All you right. to know the answer, but if you can guess. All right. So in general, I'll see that um, this year I do see pickup in AR, okay, because it's an easy accessibility of the devices. But I will say that in terms of VR, it will be even bigger, and I'll be expecting within one to two years' time, around next year. Great. Thanks. Heaven. I ask you the same question. You, you know, you, you were really in the trenches, right? I mean, again, you can be really honest. Like, you put in everything to make sure that this happens. Do you think that, you know, this hype is just a hype, or it's, you know, it's we're still just early days, wild, wild west? Yeah. Right, so, we venture into the VR since 2013, not just two years ago. So that time is the first version of the Oculus. So we are the first one to bring it here and do the R&D only. So first thing, that we, before we share about the AR, VR, high or not. So our background is content developer. AR and VR, for us, is to the, uh, the, 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 plaf the earliest uh, version, the platform that we can have to create the new media of uh, interactive content. When we heard about new media interactive content, what is it about? Um, all the content that we create today is on the 2D screen. The only way you can interact is where, what you have now, correct? Including the cinema movie, the 2D gaming on the console or even TV or the tablet. This is the only way you can do. While inside the AR and VR is totally different. Your UI are no longer able to use in that situation or environment. There is a something new that we want to explore as a content developer. Because before Metasoft, uh, as a game company, I was a film director. So I would like to explore what's next thing. So later on, when we talk about the VR AI hype, okay, so do you know that what, um, in the market grows slower, but it doesn't mean it didn't grow. If going to be flat or downward, then it's the trouble. It's actually increasing. And then the investment of uh, last year, alone is already reached uh, $3 billion. This is not included China, it's only international market. And the last quarter, which is Q4 uh, 2017, alone is 1.5 billion. So how about this year Q1? It's already reached 1 billion, you know. So this is a good signing for us to enter. But what is the challenge if we want to enter? Which means uh, you don't actually think that uh, ARVR already uh, is the same uh, expectation as the mobile or the console, no, no. So you have to really find the solution, the breakthrough with the current stage of the development. Meaning that you want to make big money now? No, you have to invest for the long term, not the short term. Okay, so Hilman, where do you think? Um, I think that um, the hype is there because uh, some false promises has been delivered. Uh, in the previous years, there are promises on the uh, advancements of uh, AR, on VR, 
and uh, some of the companies out there can't deliver their, their promises. Uh, that's why we can see that uh, there's, there's a hype that is going to win uh, on ER and VR. But uh, the way I see it is this, as uh, Datin Shirin mentioned, uh, with the statistics, we can see that uh, 2018 is not yet the year of ARVR. So the year is coming soon, but we are not sure yet. I, I can't answer that question as well. I think uh, I know, 2024. Ready Player One. You guys watched it, right? No. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps that's the case. Um, so since the year is still not yet the year for AR and VR, so there's a lot of opportunity there. And, uh, and it is up to us to actually realize that, uh, to make sure that it is not really just a hype, but it is actually something that is promising. Uh, to the community, to the, to the country. All right, Alex, you've been doing some AR, VR content, right? And I think that, that stuff is also, also growing for your business. So again, question, hype or something that's going to be great in the future? Yeah, so I think the, uh, you know, all beginning technology has a hype. You have to hype to get people excited, to get them to show up, because if you're like, what's well, nothing, then no one's going to come. So, uh, I mean, I would say since 2013 until now, we've definitely seen a lot of cheering for it. Uh, but if we just look, start looking at numbers, right, there's over 2 million PSVR units installed. Uh, you know, Facebook just released its Oculus at sub $200. So it's now becoming affordable for people. And if I look at it just from a pure standpoint of our business, we are seeing more projects coming in uh, that come and range from, you know, uh, video game console VR to basically uh, location-based experiences. So massive theme parks, huge VR-only parks where people are spending significant uh, amount of money to basically build these uh, centers. So I don't think it's hype. I think it's a reality that the form factor of VR, it has to shrink. It has to become something that isn't a ridiculous amount of money mixed with a ridiculous amount of cables and hookup that, that is annoying. It needs to be your phone. It needs to be as simple as using your telephone. So I think that from that level, what you're going to start seeing here is basically the theme parks or the uh, location-based experiences getting an advantage because most people aren't going to want this at home. But as the things shrink, you'll start to see people using it at home. And really in the AR part, what we're seeing now is we're seeing that penetrate advertising. Uh, I'm getting nonstop requests from brands and agencies that are now jump onto the bandwagon of AR. So because each one of our phones, if you're using uh, any of these new modern tech, uh, well, that sounds so old. If you're using a smartphone, basically, is what I'm saying, then you're going to basically see that most of these new phones have AR built into it, whether it's an iPhone or the, the latest Samsung phones. So we're already in the AR, VR world, but primarily the AR world, I think, is going to be the one that jumps out real fast, just because it's simple. I, th I think um, um, uh, taking on from that, the next part of the question will be on this, right? AR oh. or VR. But let me just give you a, a historical background. I don't know if you, if you remember back in the year 2000s or so, MDEC did have a facility called the Virtual Reality Center. I don't know if you guys are young enough for that, right? It was actually a huge room with a curved screen, three Barco projectors um, on a curved screen. So that was VR back in the days. Uh, and it was being run on these huge SGI machines which you needed data centers to do it, which now could actually run on your mobile phone, the, 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 the kind of fidelity that you have. Um, that was back then. So then, you know, even the government had already put in a lot of effort into pushing, at that time, virtual reality with SGI. And I think that because of that, some of you could be the beneficiaries of the MMU program that did virtual reality 
in, in MMU. There's actually a, a degree in virtual reality in MMU. But again, it's always that question. That was, you know, SGI was pushing it. There was a lot of hype, but you know, it just didn't. It petered out, right? But what it also taught us, and I think maybe later you, you guys will be talking about this, is that it allowed us to understand that it isn't really about entertainment. Right now, what it drives is entertainment. That's the easiest thing that we see right now, and now we have it on our heads and all. But what we were trying to push is that how do we get into different verticals, different businesses? So maybe that's one of the things that Datin Shirin was talking about, property and all. So the next part of the question, right? And maybe we can, we can, we can just jumble it, jumble it about uh, a bit, right? Um, AR versus VR. Which do you think is really the one that we should put our effort into growing? Or should we, you know... Uh, should we, you know, again, it really as a business, from your point of view, AR or VR, or it could be both. So uh, maybe I can, uh, who wants to start? Maybe Hilma, you can start. Yeah, because I think you do both, right? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, in short, I believe we should focus on AR. Um, because at, at the moment, VR is uh, mostly geared towards uh, entertainment. And uh, if you look at AR, there's, uh, there's a lot of movement. Uh, we have seen a lot of apps being uh, introduced to the market. Uh, we have, let's say, uh, other than entertainment-based like Pokemon Go, that which, which we have heard a lot about when we know about augmented reality. Which is probably the worst implementation of AR. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> but for, for, for those who really love Pokemon, they, they might not say that. <laughs> Okay, uh, we have something uh, that is uh, moving in the retail industry, uh, such as IKEA, IKEA Place app, where you can uh, use your, you can you can actually place your furniture in in uh, in your house. So Google uh, IKEA Place app. IKEA, IKEA. IKEA. Oh, IKEA. Yeah, IKEA, oh, IKEA. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay, okay, okay. The Swedish company. We have uh, we have Wikitude, uh, which actually use location-based uh, AR. So there's there's a lot of movement, I believe, in uh, in the AR scene rather than uh, VR, which is more mostly focused on entertainment. Mm -hmm. So I think in short term, uh, but while waiting for the devices to get uh, more uh, to get stronger, for example, and uh, in order for that, uh, before that happens, we have to focus on AR because it is more widespread, and uh, more people can actually use it. So taking from that, it's at the end of the day, access to devices and also how the devices are becoming more uh, consumer friendly for that matter. So I think that's one point that we should take out from this. Guys, any, any comments from any, any of you? Okay, yeah. in, please. So basically, VR Lab, we do both as well, AR and VR as well. So how I see is that um, it depends on you're seeing a long term or short term. In terms of short run, I'll say that AR is way more matured than VR. Reason is very simple, because all the device is already available, which you can use your smartphone, you can use your tablet, everything is very accessible, and it's cheap. Okay, because to do the content, it's just certain angle, so which is really fast to develop, and it's not so fine detail. Okay, where we believe that, I mean, I personally believe that VR is gonna be even bigger, but it will be taking longer time, okay, because of the maturity of the device as well. Because device of a VR right now costs easily three to five thousand per headset, okay, which is not affordable by end user. So the it's always just about the price and the adoption rate. Just like smartphone, where it came out like three five thousand, 
like, hey, this is playing Fruit Ninja. Who wants to buy that phone for playing Fruit Ninja, right? But right now, it becomes everything. So same thing goes to VR. VR, I believe, is way bigger because it's way more immersive. It's less limitation on the sunlight and all this stuff as well. So VR is going to be huge, but the thing is about the maturity, it takes a bit of time because it takes a little bit of maturity on the talent to do it, like someone like a content creator like this. Okay. So um, yeah, my belief is that the VR is going to be bigger, but so AR is faster. So one AR, one VR. Okay. <laughs> Heaven. All right. So I, I agree with Tatin saying that uh, you, you look at the short term. Uh, I believe in VR more if I invest in uh, <laughs> short term. I already invested. So, so why? Because uh, for the content developer point of view, develop the content for VR actually is more easier than AR. One thing is because the, uh, the, the platform, the computer itself is standardized. AR is all different kind of uh, devices. You, it, it means that if you develop one device, you expect that all kind of uh, user can have it or not. No, they, sometimes they're having a very, I mean, a low spec of the phone. When they're playing your VR, having a bad experience, they will blame you. While we are actually, we already, before that, already said that you have to fulfill this requirement, just like those that we play in the game, right? So another thing will be creating a content which is uh, com fully computer generated, which is all under our control. While you're using the AR, you have to actually blend with the background, lighting, and so on, even though we are using the IKEA application. Yes, you're having it, yeah, nice, but after that, you uninstall. And another thing for VR is because all the content they've created, we can monetize immediately. So people are willing to pay it on download from Steam VR or Whiteport, okay, with the twenty dollar, no problem. But for AR up to date, you won't pay to download AR game. So this is something that for the short term. But for in, in terms of long term, I would say AR VR is totally different thing. There's no MR, MR. Uh, no, <laughs> even MR. Because uh, okay, there's one thing, the, the terminology actually. Okay, what's that MR? I don't know. Yeah, mix, XR also. Mixed reality. XR, okay. Yeah, AR is augmented, while VR is using me already. Yeah, then the mixed reality. So actually these three things are all different things. Just like you're asking me, football and basketball, which one is nicer and you're gonna have one to be survived? <laughs> this is different thing. If it's a different rules and objective, correct? So if you ask me, motorbike is better or car better? Two of them actually can reach a destination, but you got all the market, you have a different target audience. So actually there's no competition in between these things. And we call it XR, cross reality. Okay, sometimes they call it extended reality. So for long term wise, I, my, our, our company will go for the cross reality. For example, we are also doing the location-based entertainment right now. Okay, so we won't just providing the uh, VR. We will also extend to AR because if you learn that Y Pro already come with two things, AR and the VR. So that is the way that you don't have to take out your headset. You continue to play inside the theme park with the AR and VR and VMR. So many things. Yeah. yeah so that's why the the things is like right. this. Yeah. Okay. All right, so this, uh, this one is like in the middle somewhere. Lah. Long term? L long term, short term. All right. Okay, Alex, to close. No problem. So I, I think it's nuanced. I think that the, you know, both of them have their strengths and supporting what everyone says. I mean, in the end, I think VR has a more significant advantage in the standpoint that you have a controlled environment, but I also think that its application is more specific to certain types of use. For instance, you know, training surgeons, doing medical, doing scientific discovery, 
these are things where you can effectively utilize VR technology to help you. So uh, one example is that there's an app that allows uh, people that are doctors to train themselves in the United States by doing surgeons. You know, they call it practicing medicine because they practice each time they do it. So hopefully your surgeon, you're not number one, but you're number 100 from when they learned. Uh, so they're using this tool to help people understand how to do the surgeries better. So that's a great application of VR. Whereas on the other side, if you look at AR, uh, AR's monetization is really going to be more, I think, towards brands or instant experiences that I can do where I don't have to think too much, where what pays you is going to end up being basically people that want to reach you in more of a marketed way. Pull out your phone, take a picture, pull out your phone, see something crazy happening. Uh, there's going to be that ability to make that uh, type of revenue from that, but you know, I would not train a surgeon with using AR. I would be doing that in a different, more controlled environment. So I think that when we take a look at this, it's they both have their places. It's just really to the standpoint of where you want to be. The great thing about this is that if you learn one, you can learn the other. And I think that's really what it just comes down to. It's just understanding the differences between the two, but there's shared realities between them. So I'm going to do SR now. So basically you have that. Uh, and just learning to make the, for them both will give you the opportunity. And, and coming from that, um, uh, like I've, I hear you um, some, you know, about you know, the uses of VR and AR in certain uh, uh, sectors. Maybe in your experiences right now, where do you think that you could, you know, and explain more of how, uh, a bit of detail of how you're implementing um, whatever you are doing in certain um, verticals for that matter. So um, say for example, Hilman, maybe you can tell us more about how you're implementing it at museums. What kind of challenges uh, that you are facing with, uh, with, 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 with working with museums and how you also maybe pivoting in terms of where you are talking to or whoever you're talking to, working, you know, as you said, training and stuff like that. Uh, all right. Uh, for museums, when we uh, go to them earlier, it was not uh, to use AR or VR. It was to actually digitize their content. So we have uh, scanning technology to do that. Uh, but ultimately, they ask us, okay, after you scan this, what's next? So there comes uh, AR and VR in the picture. Um, so when did you start this, actually? The, the year you started this? 2015. 2015. So AR and VR are just on the horizon, I guess. Yes, yes, yeah. last year. OK. All right. Um, so when we talk to them, we are to develop a digital experience for them. And AR and VR is a part of it. So that's why we are looking into that. Which museum? Uh, several museums in, in KL. Okay. So, uh, um, one of it is, is Islamic Art Museum, Malaysia, okay. in, in KL. Uh, so they are interested to do AR, but uh, they do not really understand how to uh, implement this in their, in their premise. So uh, that's why we come up with an idea that, okay, other than doing, uh, implementing this technology, we have to actually uh, raise the awareness of the public. Uh, we went to a, uh, an exhibition last year. Actually, I think, if not mistaken, it's by MDEC. And uh, over there, we have a booth showcasing our AR technology, AR content. And uh, a lot of the visitors that go there, they don't really understand AR. And they might have uh, actually uh, utilized AR, entertainment-based AR, before that, like Bobo Boy and other stuff. But they do not know that it is AR that they're using. Um, so we saw that opportunity to actually educate more uh, people about AR, and uh, in, in the long run, EVR as well. So, but wouldn't that take a long time before you know people realize that that, that and and you as a business, like how 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 do you make you know you can't keep training or making people understand your business. You know there is a 
point where you need to make sure that um, there is uh, some gold at the end of the day. So, you know, what what, what are you going to do to prepare? Is it just getting people to pay for your for your for your training, or actually, you know, going forward, there is something that that, that that's more substantial? Uh, yes, uh, actually, getting people to pay for the training is one. Uh, that's how we survive now. Uh, since it is a little bit difficult for us to go to museums to do uh, to implement these technologies, uh, so other than AR VR, we are actually doing other things. We develop apps for them. We develop uh, a custom-based installation for them. So other things other than VR in AR as well. So this is also a good opportunity, guys. If you're looking for partners to who know their shit, so they're all in front of here. And you know, if you have any potential clients, and you know, if you need to move something forward, talk to these guys, right? Okay. So, um, anything from from Datisha, you're talking about V property. So maybe you can sort of uh, expand on that and, and let us understand more what you're doing on there and how you're doing it. Okay. Um, first of all, I'd like to share with all the entrepreneurs that intend to go to VR tech industry, be ready to pivot. Okay, because this is a new technology. So don't expect you go in with one direction and you stay with it forever because it will change. So just to share a little bit about my journey a little bit. We started VR Lab since 2015-16. Okay, so that's where that time we are one of the first pioneers that actually started it because no one knows, not many people understand that what is VR and all this stuff. Probably people understand more towards like the handphone VR not too much about those uh, room-scale VR. So we actually started up with um, what well called VR Experience Center, pretty much like a gaming center. We opened seven outlets all at the same time in six-week time. Okay, so our goal is to educate the market like VR, there's many types of VR, okay? Because VR is not something like this few years. VR has existed 30, 40 years ago. In fact, back in my childhood time, the VR, like for example, those projector, chak chak, then you see a transparent, that is also called VR. Okay, so VR is not something new. It's something very old. Okay, it's just that right now it has matured. People start to be aware about VR, but people still don't understand the differences of VR. So that's how we started with more like gaming. Okay, that's where we see that the maturity is there right now. That's where we pivoted our new business pipeline into WePro. Okay, which is what called that the virtual reality uh, platform for properties which means that with using the VR, you can actually see the property throughout the world. Not just seeing, but you can literally walk through. So you don't need like, for example, you don't need to actually go there to see like, hey, actually how big is this space? I can't feel it. Especially, you know, property developers sometimes like, the, the plan, it draw like, the bed very small, and then the space looks very big. Actually, the bed is not accurate to size and stuff like that. So with VR, you actually see that what you see is what you get. And moreover is that, is that we actually change the way how people buy property. Like right nowadays, you want to buy a property, you don't really know like, okay, I know there is a swimming pool. How is the swimming pool going to look like? I don't know. Artist impression. <laughs> okay. So with VR, you can actually literally walk through everything. Okay. And not just that. Let's say, for example, you want to buy a property. You want to know like, hey, I want to pay extra 5000 to buy one floor higher. But... Do you know what is the view of each and every floor that what are you paying for? You don't really know. So with VR, actually you know that, okay, exactly this is the spot, this is what you're gonna get. So we're actually making the way how people buy property very much more different compared to a conventional way. So it's making more convenient to the buyer and also easier for seller. Because like property agent right now, you need to see 20 people bringing here and there to see 20 properties. 
only close one deal. Imagine how much more convenient is you as a property agent. You bring your client all the way to your office, see all 20 properties at one spot, and close deal straight away. So this is the convenience that we are trying to bring to the end. So you're offering this at your VR labs themselves, or is it different, or, or you just Taking the solution to the to the to the to the clients and asking them to set up their own VR VR um, facility. Every, everything. everything. Okay. Basically, is that they can actually use our facility at all our outlets as well, or as well as because it's pretty mobile. Okay. We also do VR events as well. So if you want to do a property show uh, exhibition at the shopping mall, we can do it for you because it's just pretty mobile. Or if let's say this is a VVIP customers, you want to bring the entire VR headset in the customer house, you can do it. Or you can actually visit in the property agent's uh, sales office. Anywhere, it doesn't really matter. So um, just also for, for our knowledge, uh, can I just see a show of hands those who've actually experienced VR before? Oh, not bad. That's more than 50, almost 50%. So that's pretty, pretty good, pretty good. OK, so you, to those who haven't, um, is, what, what, is, what are your big, biggest fears actually? Is it you have just too expensive or you have no access to the VR facilities or you just can't bear to have something on your head? Yeah. Uh, uh, I know for my dad is that he has virtual sickness so he can't, can't uh, fathom the, the depth right. of the virtual reality so sometimes he might feel nauseous. It's always have been one of the biggest problems with VR. It's, uh, it's uh, understanding the spatial requirements and all, right? Actually, that is the exact reason why we open seven outlets in six week time because we want to educate the market. VR, actually, there is two types of VR. One is called a mobile VR. One is what I call the room scale VR. Mobile VR is running at uh, uh, 60 frame rate per second, which our, our mind is actually running at 90 frame per second but the phone is running at 30 frames per second, which means that once we turn, this is like ta 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 So it's like it doesn't collaborate with our eye, our brain. That's why we got sickness. But the other type of VR on the other hand, which is what we call room-scale VR, like HTC Vive, these are actually using a computer CPU, which is actually running 90 frames per second, same as our brain. So it will not have motion sickness. So like a typical mobile one, probably at max you can use like two, three minutes. But the other one, like our, our play, our customers and everything, they play like for hours, six hours, no issue. Pretty much like Ready Player One. Six hours, yeah. oh my god. Six hours is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Must be having a lot of fun they, in VR. They went to the virtual world already. <laughs> yeah, Ready Player One. So do you see yourself just in uh, location-based entertainment or are you looking at uh, different areas also? Where do you think that, that, that VR can actually yeah. uh, give an uh, impact? We, we for the LBE location-based entertainment, will be our first two years uh, business. So and we are already into it. So the next, we will move to will be the industry training, as well as the education. So if you read the news yesterday, the Ministry of Education actually encouraged you to explore into the technology for education. So that will be a very good opportunity for all of us here. So and in UK and China, so. UK actually 80% uh, of the VR penetration will be into the marketing, right? And in China, uh, they expect in the next two years, 90% will be into, into the education. In fact, the government of China already invested $2 billion for the education content. 
So that's why on, you see on VR. Yeah, that's why you see HTC Vive. They concentrate in China first. Every new product, China first. So you see the reason why. I mean, they already helping us to test the market. Over focus, there. focus testing of us. Yeah. So now we know that. I mean, sometimes uh, China mean to be like copy everything and put it in China. Now it's uh, it reverse. Okay. Please copy something from China, and that will be the big market. You know, you know that, right? So now it's the it's the way to do so. Yeah, it is. It is. There are so more. Uh, I mean, more advanced that to trying the new things. Okay. The next Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe there's a new type for the the market. Okay. In, in fact, for the for example, like the digital payment gateway. I mean, they are the first one to actually use it for the whole country, and and their country is looks like the whole Europe, and they are using it, right? So now we are just starting to implement in Malaysia. So. Yeah, that is one way that we can learn from them. So in terms of the, of the challenge that we, our company facing now is, okay, uh, okay, for the first two years, three years, we are doing the location-based entertainment. So let me share with you why is the most difficult part that we having in the past few years. First thing will be- Thank you, Evan, thank you. Yeah, thank you. first thing will be the motion sickness, yes. Right, that's why we spent 2013 until 2015, we only can, be so can solve the problem. The first thing is improve the uh, frame rate. Yes, because even though we're saying that the uh, computer GPU give you 90, sec 90 frame, frame per second, actually you can't, okay? But if you can make it 60, thanks God. Okay, 60 enough actually. So then you have to do some tricks to cheat the eye of the user because you don't really need to provide 90 seconds. Okay, it, it's too much, 90 frames is too much. Okay, so then uh, especially when you're having the multiplayer, why we need had to have a multiplayer? Because when you're providing the experience to the location-based entertainment, uh, three by three meter per room for one player, you can't actually monetize. At least you need to have five by five and four players. This is the minimum. So when you're having the four players, multiplayer, you can't expect 90 frames per second. So you have to lower it down, okay? Your computer actually is insufficient to provide that. And then, secondly, now they have a so-called uh, all-in-one, right? The white focus and the uh, Oculus Go. That is a new thing to explore, actually, right? When you can have more player, but uh, one thing you don't have, which is the uh, tracking, your position tracking, you don't have that, yeah? So secondly, would be the UI, in user interface, and the game tutorial, okay? Because you uh, VR game tutorial. Um, I think if you try any game from downloaded from App Store or, or the Steam VR, okay, uh, for you to pick up the game, it takes some time. When you do it for location-based entertainment, there will be long, long queue, okay? Because uh, just to share with you the, for the numbers of the uh, location-based entertainment, if next time you want to develop some content for the theme park, 1,000 traffic per day is a minimum. So when you're having the five by five meter, four players, if you have three room, you calculate the number, you can't even close to the 1,000. So that's the problem. So, and then for the, after so many years, uh, experience for the development, then we learned that what is the best length of the game for location base? 10 to 15 minutes. Last time we tried to create half an hour, okay? Too tired, too tired. You, you tried it last time in our studio, it's too tired. So then we make it shorter. Okay, because we are have one thing uh, is a benefit advantage is okay you don't have to really have a big room but then five by five you since like you are in the uh, in the whole world or anything right secondly you play ten minutes looks like you are playing thirty minutes 
So this is a good thing, okay? In turn for us to have 1,000 visitors. Very intense. Uh. Yeah. Very intense. I mean, at that time, I mean, uh, how much do you charge per person right now at, 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 at your facility? I mean, uh, let's say for one of those, uh, the Rift ones, I guess. The Rift is 35 ringgit per person. Per, okay. per, per head. entry. Yeah, per, per play. Per, per play. Yeah. So while we have other attraction to combine, so uh, even the zero latency that we have here is only 68 ringgit, which is the cheapest in the world. You know the Australia one is 80 Aussie dollar. Wow. Right? In Singapore one is like uh, 40 over or 60 sing dollar. So this is the cheapest. That's why uh, after the three month operation, we are the most profit, most profitable. Uh, uh, the, 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 the zero latency over here around the world. Right. I think one of the things, uh, I, I was, um, I think last year I managed to get myself to the Bandai Namco VR zone in Japan. So the thing that drives people there, I think, is a lot about the IP. Because oh, you get to play as uh, Goku or you play Mario Kart. Yes. Does IP uh, factor a lot in terms of what you're trying to do in terms of location-based stuff or it doesn't really matter? It's about the experience mainly. It is, it is. Okay, so the IP is just like the, um, I mean, the theme park that we visited, you visit theme park before, right? So you go to Universal Studio because of what? The IP, okay? But in fact, maybe two years ago, once only. Okay, and the second time you go back, still the same content. Then we we'll update the transformer. Right, already five to six years still there. But every time we go, we still enjoy it. This is the best thing for location-based entertainment compared to the uh, app store. They download the game. You have to long, long time service the customer, even they don't pay you. So this is something different. So I think this is a great opportunity. Those from the animation side who have very long-standing IPs. Maybe working with uh, some of these location-based guys, you can actually be collaborative and be able to monetize on your IP and, and, and ideas. So maybe one day there'll be a Bobo Boy or Open if, if you If you, yeah, the Unity developer, actually you see the news. Uh, the Universal, actually they're providing the, uh, I think four to eight IPs, okay, for you to pitch, oh. for you to use and create okay. a game. Yeah, they provide the funding as well. Oh, okay. So that's opportunity, guys. Okay, Alex. What are you guys thinking at the moment in terms of where you're going? I, I, is games the only thing that you guys are doing or are you looking at other things? Well, I mean, the thing is like this, like for the, for the immediate, I mean, it's games. I mean, it's entertainment. I mean, if you look at the, the LBEs we're working on, it's, I mean, they're games and using big IPs um, in China. <laughs> so pretty much it, it, it underscores what, what this is looking like. Uh, and I think in terms of if we start looking at basically the serious application of it and, and looking at it for non-gaming applications, and I mean, that's more about stuff we're doing stuff. It's more towards city planning, towards uh, material folding, but uh, basically what we call material sciences, uh, things like that. So it sounds boring, but it's actually pretty cool. It's kind of, you know, more Tony Stark type stuff than it is, you know, blowing stuff up. But uh, I think ultimately, you know, in the end, what I like about it is the fact that these technologies influence each other. So in the realm of UI, UX, uh, understanding how to basically engage people and how to get them to understand uh, how to use something intuitively is really the realm of VR and AR. I think that if you can get, especially in the AR land, the ability to understand how to manipulate something, it's getting there. So for us as a business, just understanding how to utilize and perfecting the utilization and the creation of additional apps, so understanding the technology and then helping people become successful at that, 
that's also something that we're very interested in. It's just how do we make this all kind of come together in a way that makes sense? Uh, you know, from a just a straight make money perspective, games, straight up games. That's what we're doing. Uh, but for the long term, stuff that has nothing to do with games. I think, I guess the next question would be, I mean, you've been talking about your businesses and, 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 and the industry itself, but do you see enough of a talent pool in Malaysia for virtual reality content? Are you have, finding it hard? Or where are you finding, like you guys are running your own business, where are you finding the people? Because they might be wanting to find people who are good in VR also. Or what kind of talent are they looking for? So, do you guys have an idea? Heaven? So, actually this is one thing that we have been discussing for so long time, right? So, in fact, if you look at other country, they never, in the university, you seldom can see game design or game programming courses because you don't need that. You actually, if you have a patient, you have the knowledge for the computer software, all the IT-based background programming, then you can be game developer. So. Meaning that for now, you don't really look for so-called VR developer or VR, AR developer. As long as you know coding, you have the patient, you can create. So this is so important. So uh, back to the five years, six years ago when we just started Metasoft, there's no game programmer available from the school. They just fresh grad, then we have to train them. So for the VR in our company, same thing. They have the background from the game development uh, for mobile game only. Then later on, we give them the uh, time and, and, and the hardware for them to learn and pick up by themselves. So that was five years ago, but how about now? Yeah, yeah it is. Same, so, same till now, yeah, or is it same, still same hard now. to find the yeah, right talent most of for the, it? Most of the VR developers now joining our company without the, and without the VR knowledge. Okay? They only play, I mean, not even VR. They told me that mobile and from YouTube. Man, that is 360 video. <laughs> Right, something different. So don't go no interactive and don't have to do programming at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a good comment. That you you've seen VR touted as uh, 360 videos. Have you guys seen that? Those are videos that that actually uh, in 360 touted as VR. Well, it is a form of VR, but what these guys are doing is, is actually programming things within a game engine and actually providing sort of that uh, 360. Yeah, um, we, we, the storyline. The ultimate goal of our company will be the storyline, story that which is you able to interact with. Okay, you can change or choose a story, and even multiplayer, it take the role. Yeah, I remember the time when I was at his space, and I think if you have a chance, please, please do go and check out their their, their games. Um, all I wanted to do is uh, because I had my colleagues with me trying out with the was just trying to see if we could actually hit each other in the virtual space and actually. If it was actually like you know our guns would actually hit each other and you know they got it right at that time. So those even simple things like how close you are, where where your 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 being is within the space is actually important for you to process all that information uh, virtually. So that's something that you guys have to consider. These guys got a lot of experience doing that already. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about you guys? I would just you just say this to, uh, on this point that a lot of our. VR, AR developers are just game developers. They're, they're just game people. And it's just another platform. It takes a little bit to figure it out, but it's like driving a motorcycle than driving a car or driving a boat. You'll pick it up as you go. So, I mean, you don't necessarily need specialists. You just need people who basically are interested in the technology and interested in learning. If you can get those people, they'll definitely adapt to the platform and then start making stuff. Uh, 
so no one has mentioned which schools yet that they go <laughs> for these people. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll come. So what do you think, Datin? So basically, don't expect to hire a ready VR developer or AR developer that knows everything, okay? Because most of them, they do already have foundations like how to use Unity program, 3D animations, and stuff like that. That is good enough. But they just need a little bit fine-tuned or a little bit of training on how to actually integrate whatever they have already known into a VR, which is a little bit of fine-tuned. So, if you're an entrepreneur and you have no VR education or don't know anything about VR tech and stuff like that, you expect to hire one in the market, um, forget it. Okay. <laughs> so perhaps, like for example, if you do know a little bit that they have a little bit, you give them a little bit of time and training, it can be done. It's not that, not that hard. So yeah. I, I, I suddenly come out something from my mind. Don't ever think about get someone from your company, then you can create a VR. Impossible. <laughs> because um, those things is not created by only one developer. Yeah. No way. You need to have a group of people with various experience. Because every progress, you need to really jump into VR. Okay? Six hours, the long record is only for the gamer. You know how, how long for the developer to inside the VR world? <laughs> yeah, they even use uh, VR with the Unity uh, uh, release SDK to code in VR. <laughs> this is something already doing in our studio now. So they're coding with the, with the headset? Or yeah, yeah, until we all, everyone go home already, they're still not they're not aware. They have to. <laughs> can imagine it. So f are you from UM? Hilman or no? Yes, yes. Okay, so tell me what you, how UM is training the talents here. Um, actually, uh, regarding the talents, we, uh, for our company, we are using internal talents. So that means uh, we are actually the ones who are looking into experimenting things and uh, coding things and so on. Uh, so we are not looking out there to find any uh, AR or VR developers, uh, game developers, for example. Uh, but I really see that uh, having more AR and VR developers is the way to go in the future. Um, this is similar to what we have uh, seen in the, in the exhibition last year. We saw that uh, this week, a lot of uh, Malaysian visitors, urban Malaysian actually, because it's LCC, so they, they do not have any idea on what is AR. So if they do not, what, do not know what is AR, uh, how, how will they go back? and become an AR or VR developer themselves. Or perhaps even a suggestion uh, to their kids to take a career up for AR and VR. So um, I think this situation right now is similar to what we can see 10 years, late, uh, 10 years ago in 2008, where uh, it was the introduction of the App Store. Mm. Uh, at that time, uh, we can't see now. Uh, at that time, we didn't see that App Store is so crucial in our lives where it is now, right? So um, similarly, uh, in AR, we have to have more people who can develop uh, AR, AR content, VR content, so that uh, people are going to be using more of AR, VR devices. So this is my opinion. All right, I'm going to open the floor to questions right now before I go to the last question. I think we have, we have, we, I have probably put 10 minutes before we, we, we go to the last question and close, out, close it off. So. Anyone from the floor, do you have any burning questions for the panelists in front? Okay, we have, okay, could somebody help? Yep, right there, first one. Uh, uh, introduce hi. yourself first, your name yeah, and where uh, you come from. My name is Atif, I'm actually from Pakistan, and 
I'm doing, I just recently finished my uh, master in computer science here at University of Malaya. Um, I myself, I'm very interested in game development and I used to experiment with uh, Unity and have a couple of games. Uh, I, I have actually two questions. The first one is, because I myself, I'm a solo developer, right? I, I don't have resources like Oculus Lift or other thing. And what I see from your question is you're actually looking for the people with experience. So how I can, as a, as a solo developer, uh, can you, you know, like bridge the gap? What, what you want uh, with the VR experience compared to what I have as a Unity developer? Okay, so uh, did you get the point? Yeah, you're basically wondering how you can get a job. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be an ass, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah, what you're yeah. asking. No, I mean, no, no. so, yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, from that standpoint, it's no one expects you to create a VR app and say, "Hey, hire me." Based on that, what they're wanting to see is what can you do. So, in your portfolio, in your resume, put together something that shows your capability of whatever it is you can make. So, if you can make a demo, make a demo. If you can make like a little game, make the game. If you got source code, show the source code. Source code. The key thing is that you just try. You know, I, I think that ultimately, at least I can only I can speak for Streamline. It's we look for aptitude to learn and source code that we can understand your logic, and then everything else is based upon the interview. All right. So uh, okay, the the second thing is uh, about something that Microsoft is really pushing is uh, the mixed reality. So how would you differentiate mixed reality with AR and VR? That that MR actually is purely VR. Their term, terminology of MR is not mixed reality. No, right. Yeah, they only have the VR feature currently. So, yeah, consider as VR. Oh, okay. All right, thank you. And could there be an opportunity where, I mean, some of you have platforms like VR Lab and, 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 and even XR. Could uh, you take content from these guys and actually, you know, monetize together? See, I, I'm sure you've, are you building contents for, for VR at the moment? Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, would you want to develop content on? Yeah, I would love to. Actually, this is uh, what I wanted to ask. That me as a solo developer, is it possible that I can get experience or contribute in somehow in VR or AR? So, like an internship? Uh, it could be. But uh, okay. Uh, for example, for for a complete startup company, you need uh, hardwares and you need. Uh, other other equipments, right? Yeah. But for me, I, I just recently graduated. And right now I'm just experimenting, but I want to dive into this area. So is there any possibility? Yeah, I'll share with you. There's two, two ways. One is employment, or you want to do your own as an entrepreneur. So employment, I think you can just send in resume to any of our companies. All right. In terms of if you want to start as a VR entrepreneur, so we do have a VR Lab do collaborate with CO3, the co-working space. So a lot of people that wanted to be a VR entrepreneur, they have the problem like I do not have the money to invest into this VR equipment, and hence I cannot do my business. So you can actually go to CO3. Okay, that uh, the VR facilities, everything is actually supported by uh, VR Lab. So you can actually do your content there, like what he said, that to do the development, you have to put on your headset there and just do testing on non-stop. That is the place that you can go at a no cost, yeah. Evan, you have any place or are, are yeah, you good? Yeah. Actually, actually uh, in fact, this is the era for, I mean, startup, everyone thinking about fresh grade and startup. 
actually, if you are really don't don't really have chance to, uh, I mean, get nearer to those technology or learn about actually how to have a game business, game developer business, why not you? I mean, work for somebody first for the first few years to get more experience and know about the industry. Because one thing that we learn is that a lot of people talk to me that they want to start their own game company. But when I look at their Facebook, they are not even joining any game developer community. They are not in the industry themselves. How can you call yourself as a game developer? So get, get in touch with the industry first. Then only thinking about to, to do your own thing. That's a good point, and also for me to just slide in and, and plug ourselves, we do have a facility in Bangsar South, I don't know if you guys know, called Level Up Inc. Anybody knows? No? Do you guys know? Those who know, raise your hands. Okay, not that bad. Well, it's, a, it's actually a very new, uh, uh, what we call games incubator. We have hardware, uh, the software, and then, and then the companies that, 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 are, that are in the incubator. Um, if you need to know more, uh, always email me and I'll, I'll connect you to the to the incubator manager. We have the Vives and, and, and um, PS4 dev kits and stuff like that there. So uh, let us know where we can help. So And also the um, HoloLens. Yeah, okay. All right, next person, next question. Uh, hello. Uh, good evening. I'm Razman, uh, founder of Zevatos. Uh, founder of Zevatos and Bahad. We also do AR and VR and also game content. Uh, actually, our team are planning to develop something and also we also plan to apply for IPCC this, this year. And uh, one of the reasons why I came here because I also want to know how is the local market doing. That's number one. And number two, are you guys into planning to venture into eSport using VR and AR. And number three is, uh, how do you see uh, VR in film VFX? Like uh, recent hype with Siren and everything with Unreal UE, UE4 engine. So yeah, that's only my question. Thank you. Okay, let, me, let me understand. The first question is to understand more about the local market, if yeah. they have any data on that. Yeah. Number two is on, um, I think. Number two is the, the e-sport. E-sports, yeah. VR. And the third one is on Film VFX, VFX. Yeah. using VR? Using v AR and Unreal Engine. AR yeah. and other engines. Like VFX. Siren and lots of. Uh, Siren. Okay. Like, like the Star Wars, you've seen Star Wars in YouTube. Oh, Star Wars and YouTube. Yeah, using a real-time engine and everything. It's okay. the high-end. Uh, All right. Yeah. The high-end stormtrooper. Okay, so you guys know better. Maybe I don't know. So, okay, the first one, local market. What do you guys think? I think local market. I'll leave to 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 these guys to. Okay. Oh, I Alex, know nothing no? about the okay, local market. market. Okay, this is a local market right so here. So when when you develop the software like mobile app or anything, uh, why you look at local market? Because when you upload it, it's a globalized. So if the global market uh, for the Steam VR, the top download for your information is generally 4 million US dollar. So that is global market. So you ask me, how about local? It will be pretty, pretty, pretty small. <laughs> yeah. So don't, don't, I mean, when you do something, you don't have to aim for local. That, that's what I, what I mean. Yeah. Good point. That probably that Shrin agrees. <laughs> okay, on the second part, esports in VR. Does it work? You know, okay. I, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I you know, honestly, I, I think maybe at one point spectating, but I don't know about how it will be utilized in terms of if you're actually playing it. I think that to per, to watch, okay, but uh, maybe you have something that we've never seen. It's groundbreaking. I don't know, but I, for my stand, I think it would be interesting, but I'm not sure how it would work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, watch I, the movie. I, I think I think recently ESL announced that they're working with I don't know who it is, but they're actually pushing uh, uh, VR esports also. They are doing uh, the Echo Arena. Echo what? Echo Arena. Echo Arena. Yeah. Okay. So uh, our company also developed VR esports. They will be launched next month in Japan. So, but one thing that I share with you. So, Alex just now mentioned when you're doing the esports. You have to show to the audience, okay? When inside the VR, everyone are wearing the headset, I couldn't see your face. There's no way you can show your real face. And why I'm looking at somebody wearing a headset? And the, the X screen are showing the same thing, which is you are wearing a HMD on your face. We can't differentiate who is who, actually. So this is something that uh, inside the VR are so difficult. And another question would be, we only can see your point of view. And mostly the VR that we mentioned now is uh, FPS. So nobody like them. The audience wouldn't like to see everyone are moving your head because that would create motion sickness to the audience. So this is something different. Yeah. So, so things to consider, guys. Go ahead. So basically, um, VR Lab did collaborate with uh, DNA, uh, Digital News Asia for esports as well in Malaysia. So I'll say that um, VR in terms of eSport, it is a trend that is growing, okay, but it's still pretty preliminary at, this, at the time being. So a lot of countries are actually trying to move eSports into a VR and stuff like that. But I'll say that like the maturity, like what uh, Heaven has says, that um, if let's say for example, the maturity of mixed reality, it's more mature. What it means by mixed reality, which means that AR, which is like AR, which means that the the animation came into your real world. VR means that the you go into the fake world. Mixed reality is combination of AR and VR, which means that let's say for example, you yourself is into that <coughs> into that virtual world. Everyone can see it, <coughs> which is like a green screen. So esports will be much more interesting if the maturity of mixed reality appear. But currently, technologically, it's quite um, it is a barrier because due to the GPU and due to the um, frame rate per second, is that in order to have mixed reality, multi-user plus with everything set up together, it's almost not possible at the time being. Okay, so uh, it's possible for future. But uh, hardware limitation at the moment. Does I answer your question? Yes. Okay. Um, I think the last question, uh, that that's last part of your question, um, if you guys understand the question of the, the VR, yeah, VFX? Would, yeah, so on the VFX side of things, I think what you're going to see is, uh, so things like Unreal, especially if we look at Unreal, the way they're pioneering the tool set, the way they're trying to get it so that everyone can effectively make any type of let's say any from a game to enterprise software utilizing Unreal, uh, that's going to blend into things like VR. So I think ultimately what we're going to get to is that these type of tools will start to utilize the hardware in the ability to create new things. So it won't be 
uh, you know, let me use Unreal and load the engine. It'll be like, let me go into the VR experience and then let me create what I'm going to make within the engine itself. So I guess it's like saying you're going to go into the engine to have a tool shop to make whatever content you want to make. So the ability to create that environment through in VR using the tool, I think that's really what the application is going to end up being in there. So in the realm of visual effects, it'll be the actual operator being inside there and creating that world within that digital space. So it becomes a, a more visceral experience so they can see how real it gets. I think that's really where this will end up going. Okay. All right, we have another question. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Daniel. Uh, I'm from Razer. Uh, we produce a gaming hardware. Uh, okay, just a question. Um, can you share with us the thoughts about uh, um, the new retail? I mean, the trend in Malaysia probably. Any of you? The new retail. Yeah, yeah, for um, probably uh, e-commerce, uh, the retail outlets. Using VR for yep, yep. Yep. Well, I mean, you guys have that cool commercial that just came out yesterday for the laptop with the hit. I think that's Kanye on there. That oh, was yes. pretty good. Yes. That's the one you posted. Yes. So, yeah, that was yes. really cool. Uh, I think razor that. In, blade. Yeah, yes. the, ra the razor blade. Yeah. I think that in the end, what that'll end up being in for commerce will be the ability to go in and basically try on and try things two ways. One is basically from home, going into the virtual store and seeing things, turning it around. Which, you know, if you start thinking about haptics and being able to use things, force feedback, devices that'll become, give you weight and feeling to things. The second thing is basically the ability to go into a shop and use AR to not even try on the clothes, but to see it fall onto you. So I think that product demonstrations are going to become very real in a way where, you know, we go to the mall, like right now you're doing that with real estate, right? Say, hey, I go and I show this to you. I can definitely see that for things where you could say, hey, take a look at what this entire thing is, the new shoe, without being at the shoe store. So these type of blended realities where you can get the physical product in a digital form to engage with it, I think that's going to be one of those usage, usages for it. But that will always be, at least from my end, on the marketing side of it. I don't know how that's going to be from a... It'll be drive to purchase, not necessarily, you know, I'm, I'm doing this just because of this. You know, that, at least that's my, my idea of that. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I think Hilman should have some idea, right? Because you're working in the museums. Would, would your technology be applicable for retail? Uh, we are doing mostly on education. So we are using AR to actually uh, educate people. Uh, on certain concepts and present new uh, present ideas using uh, this te the technology, but as I mentioned earlier, uh, IKEA place for example, so you can uh, actually use uh, you can actually uh, place the furniture inside your homes or inside uh, any rooms. Um, uh, we have also a, a client asking us to actually replicate that kind of app. So they wanted to put something like uh, stoves, uh, ovens. On, uh, on kitchen uh, cabinets and so on. So I think uh, on retail, those kind of things uh, perhaps will be coming more in the future. Any guys? Okay, for retail, I think it's, um, it's actually gonna change the way how people buy things in future. Just like for example, right now people go for online shopping and stuff like that. But VR, it gotta make uh, even more fun. Okay, because online shopping right now, you, can't, you have to read the dimension and stuff like that, which is not realistic. VR, you know exactly, and probably you can import your avatar inside and just, you can, okay, this clothes, it matches and stuff like that. So the potential of VR in terms of retail, it's humongous. 
All right. But again, there is still a lot of limitation at the time being, depends on what kind of retail you're referring to. Like for example, Alibaba and all this stuff, they are already invested into this VR and AR space for retail already. Okay, so it's nothing new anymore. But again, it depends on what kind of usage you want it to be. Let's say, for example, if you want more like clothing, okay, it depends on the maturity of the technology as well because some of it, it has like, for example, you can scan your body, you have inside-out camera, it has uh, inside-out scanning and stuff like that, which you don't need to have like everything wired and stuff like that. So it depends on what's the usage you're referring to. Like, for example, myself in, into property as well. So besides buying property using VR, which is buying an entire building, you can also buy, let's say, for example, uh, interior designs. Okay. Right now, when you buy a property, you, it's always empty. You need only once you get a key, then only you can start to take a renovation and da da da. It take months, years later only you get a key. Months later only you can finish a renovation. By then, installment is calculated and stuff like that already. Where what we do is that we actually allow you to actually the moment you buy the property, you can customize your entire furnishing and stuff like that. So again, that is as, as well as a retail because. ID designer, they can upsell the packages and you can still customize, which developer right now, there's no way for you to customize. But with technology, it's like, it's possible because everything can be recorded. So, depends on what, what perspective you're talking into retail, yeah. Did I answer your question? So how is Razer applying VR to retail? Could you let us know? <laughs> <laughs> Later, oh, oh okay. Heaven, you have, want to add anything or? Yeah, no? yeah. Okay. So the in terms of the retail VR, I think it's mostly using at home. So something like what Alibaba did. Actually, in fact, I tried I tried Alibaba version in Hangzhou last year. So I wouldn't buy anything if I using the app right now because it's it's not matured yet. Okay, but for AR, yes. Okay. Uh, actually, I tried it in Singapore. So one of the uh, one of the one of the store they actually use the AR to show all kind of the advertisement. One thing. Secondly, uh, if I want to buy the uh, some 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 snacks, actually they the, it actually pull up all the information, the facts of the ingredient. So this is something cool. So if it linked to the big data that we all have, okay, they will give us a why which one actually most suitable to the user. So it, it won't be surviving alone with so-called uh, AR entertainment thing and so on. No, you have to link back to a lot of data information, then it will be very valuable for the new retail actually. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, have you guys ever used the Amazon app before? Like I use it just to find out what the prices are, but what they do is they capture whatever images of what you're looking at, and then they try to go back to the database and actually find out you know, information about what you're trying to look at. Maybe next time what you guys can do with AR is actually you know, anything that you just swipe your, your, your camera with, then information would come out, and it's probably something that's gonna be really cool in the future. Yeah. The, the, I think the most nearest one for VR for the um, retail will be the uh, car showroom. Oh, car showroom. Yeah, yeah. so in fact, I mean, Audi already doing that. Getting uh, into cars. Doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're sitting inside the car, actually just a mock-up. So when you're wearing the VR headset, then it will be simulate all kind of the on-the-road on condition, situation, for you to experience the car without driving out. Yeah, so this is something cool. Okay, one last question, if there is any. I'll go to the last question over this side. Any questions? Okay, right here in front. 
Okay. Hi, uh, my name is Ami. I'm just a freelancer. Okay, what do you think about the web VR and web AR? Thank you. Web VR and? Web AR. Web AR. Okay, it's more technical, I guess. <laughs> Maybe Hilma knows better. Um, all right. Um, is there a difference, like regular VR, web VR, AR? Uh, this is recent, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, mean uh, I just watched it a uh, couple of uh, hours ago, uh, which is uh, out of Google uh, Keynote. And uh, we have actually tried uh, some of it, which is uh, WebVR. And we can see that uh, it, it might be a game changer to, to VR as well. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the limitations on devices and all. Uh, will hamper people taking up VR. But AR is uh, not the case because we can use a lot of uh, different um, uh, devices. But with a web AR and web VR, we can, you can actually use your, your phone uh, and, and an internet connection and browser to actually... You mean uh, streaming-based content? Um, streaming-based, yeah. Maybe you can explain a bit more about... <laughs> what, what, what is your understanding of web VR and AR? Okay, well, uh, my, my just explain it. Sure. Uh, where AR just uh, previously AR and VR for the mobile you need to install. Okay, for the AR you need to install from Play, Play Store, okay. and the VR you need to do some uh, some mobile you need to have to compatibility, uh, compatibility with the sensor itself, the gyroscope and proximity accelerometer. But for this web AR and web VR, you just just you need to internet connection as as we. As long as you have a web browser, yes. you, you'll run. It's something like the HTML file last time compared to the application. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the problem for that is uh, uh, if you, it depends on the content that we want to create. If the content is not that heavy, of course, it couldn't be a problem. But in terms of the, you want to have the similar content like those on the Steam VR download, okay? it, it can be because the streaming is a problem. The low internet will give a bad experience for the user. So uh, and the loading time, so it depends, right? So uh, and, and web VR, uh, it only can be work for now. It only can be work like something like the 360 and the simple way for the uh, like the Oculus Go, you only, or, or the uh, simple phone kind of a controller like Samsung Gear VR. So if you want to have a position tracking or this, will be very difficult because now you have all kind of different platform and by the different manufacturer, everyone trying to have their own things like the App Store and Google Play Store. These are the two biggest, right? So everyone try to have their own motion, even HTC Vive or so. So it's not compatible. If the content developer like us want to create it for web VR and expect that all kind of devices can be played, it, it will be not now. Uh, okay, uh, have you heard the, uh, just repeat myself, have you heard the VR 180? It's just created by YouTube. It's just, uh, instead of use the 360 video, it just uh, capture 180 video, that's only. Have yeah. you heard it? Uh, okay, other than this, there is another one, which is, you, they only render where you focus on. So, which means it will reduce the rendering uh, uh, requirement for all your 360 content. So they, that will request, uh, require your eye tracking for that. So the one, one at the video, I haven't tried it yet. So, but if you mean that uh, at the beginning, they render one at the, 
How about if you turn to the back, you render the, the other one ID or not? No, I just render just a black Yeah, so then it will be it looks like a, a half sphere of the screen. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it depends on what kind of experience that you want. Like, for example, what is so amazing about VR is because of the immersiveness. Like, whichever angle you see or you squat down, every angle is live, uh, real-time rendering. Where how I see that um, 180 VR, AR, and stuff like that, it's pretty much like a picture which you can see left, right, up, down. So it's totally different type of VR, yeah. Um, I would like to add, uh, we actually have one prototype on uh, web VR. You can go to wariscan.com slash VR museum and uh, have a look at, at it. Uh, so if you want to experience what is web VR, so it's a part of uh, what Google has developed. Check it out, guys. All right, so I'm done with questions from the floor. I'm going to just ask the last question, more like what is your hope and future? So guys, um, what is the future? Uh, does it look bright? Uh, where do you think this is going? So um, you know, to end this, and and I hope it's a it's a nice story. So I you know uh, I want to encourage and and inspire this group here to look into these new areas. So maybe we will start from Alex, and we'll end at 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 at, at, at you know the only rose here. <laughs> yeah, um, well, of course, the future is always bright. I think the the best part about the future, especially when we talk about VR, AR, and just technology in general, is it's whatever you make it. And in the end of the day, because it moves so quickly, if you're willing to jump in and just put the effort behind it and just learn, you can actually get there. And of course, you guys are entrepreneurs, so take the risk. Create something amazing. Thank you, Alex. Hilman? I share the same sentiment. Uh, I believe that, uh, as the statistic has been shared by Datin uh, before this, uh, we are not yet there. 2018 is not yet the year of AR and VR, so a couple more, more years to come. And uh, with that, I think, yeah, uh, we need to focus on uh, actually providing more content so that uh, the usage of AR and VR devices are going to get uh, more and more. Right, so uh, I believe everyone here uh, think that the 2017 is the first smartphone to be introduced. 2007, sorry. So then 10 years later will be today, and it becomes so big, red ocean. You want to enter every day, they got 3,000 new apps up sell, <coughs> upload. So it's so difficult for us, right? While AR VR today is still early. So if you want to take the challenge, take it now. Don't wait, because who knows the seven years later will be the one who actually like the second Angry Bird or Candy, uh, candy Crush. So do it now. Okay. Okay. Um, to me, I think it's huge. I mean, that's the reason why all of us are into this space, I believe. All right. So what I believe is like this, just like for example, just the presence of smartphone, it actually created App Store. With this, right now you have all this like um, uh, startup system, all these tech startups and stuff like that, just because of all these apps. Okay. Imagine how powerful this smartphone bringing e-commerce into today. Okay, but even bigger than e-commerce, imagine v-commerce. Okay, v-commerce is going to change everyone the way how people uh, behave, okay, which you can't really imagine right now. Okay, reason why I have so strong belief into this VR or AR market is because of, you see the big shots, okay, like for example, you see Google, you see Facebook, you see Alibaba, all these big companies, which direction are they going to? Are they going into phones? Are they going into laptops? 
or are they going to VR and AR? So we follow the big guys. So that should answer you what is the direction of the future of VR and AR. So I believe VR is going to be coming in much bigger bang than e-commerce. So that's what I call V-commerce. Thank you very much, guys. Okay, guys, so we've come to the end of the session today. I hope you've learned something and, uh, and inspire yourself to actually move forward. And, and um, from my brother from Pakistan, I hope that you know, you, you, you know where to go to uh, to, to make your, 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 your dream come true. But um, you know, I, 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 as a personal, uh, personally, personally think that you know, VR is something that, that, that I will enjoy as long as if we can figure out all the motion sickness stuff. But you know, I've, you should see the video of my kids playing with VR, and you know, if you see them doing it, and they just take on to technologies really quickly. So it's going to be the future, guys. Um, uh, we just have to figure out where we're going to stand in that, in that, in that, in that whole ocean. Thank you very much. I'll pass the mic down to Ben and before he can say, go and eat. I will not stand for giving. Okay. <laughs>